I'm Perry Nance Shams, and this is Embrace Your Essence Podcast. All right. Welcome back, everybody, all the Embrace Your Essence podcast listeners. Thank you for being here for the second interview of our September series, Healing from Within. So as you know, these podcast episodes are to bring you the insights and perspectives of incredibly powerful women in America who have experience with healing from different lenses. So in their professional lives, as well as in their personal journey towards healing, these women are the definition of what it means to come home to yourself, to embrace your essence, and to find the joy, the love, and the purpose there. So today we have Carla Crispo here on the interview with us. Carla is a phenomenal woman. She is somebody that I met last year, and together we sort of entered into a healing space where we were both working hard to define for ourselves what is our voice. And it has been such a privilege to learn and to work with Carla personally. Carla is a mother, she is a daughter, and she is a healer. She started the Share Your Voice movement, which she will speak more in depth about, I'm sure. But in participating and learning about her work there, I basically can boil it down to this. The Share Your Voice movement is an undoing of so many layers and generations of buckled down, zipped up suppression about our own experiences that sometimes make us feel lost, make us feel alone and make us feel unworthy. Carla's work is such an opportunity for people to shift that narrative within themselves first and foremost. So in sharing their stories, women have the opportunity to heal, to release, and to find the strength from their own journey. So with all of that said, I am going to let Carla take the floor and start talking to us about who you are, Carla. And I just want to see where 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 things go. So go ahead. Hi, thank you so, so much. I am so, uh, you brought me to tears with that introduction. Thank you so, so much. I'm so humbly honored and grateful to have this opportunity to speak about a very personal healing journey that, you know, is very close to my heart that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, oof, I'm getting goosebumps. The spirit is moving through me as I speak. But it's amazing to really honor my lineage. Um, I am born in Honduras, Central America, and uh, I was initially raised by my grandparents there and my mother came to the United States and brought my brother and myself. I was about five or six years old and my brother was maybe about 10 or 11. And so Spanish was my first language. <laughs> and as you can imagine, it was very difficult to not only reacclimate to a woman who was a stranger to me, and but to also become used to the new norm, right? To release and let go of the grounding that I felt every day walking barefoot with my grandparents and you know living on a farm and very uh, earthy to New York City and a fifth floor railroad apartment where 
you know, you didn't go to the local butcher or the local, you know, store where everyone knew each other and became a supermarket. It was just, there was just a deep disconnection that at the time, at five or six years old, I hadn't even resonated with until much later in my journeys. I started to awaken and ask the bigger questions. And I think that, you know, looking back now, that's where I started to shut down my own voice. Um, not being able to speak the language and also not being to relate to this woman who was a stranger, my own mother, feeling resentment for her taking me away from what felt like home. You know, being in Honduras and seeing the chicken run around and, you know, cooking on the, on the stove clay oven with my grandmother, that was normal to me. That was what I was used to. And now I had to go to daycare because my mother was working. Mm-hmm. And that was such a foreign concept at five or six years old that I didn't understand it. And so it did build up so much resentment because my mother wanted to move on. My mother wanted to live her life in America provide opportunities for her children and then ultimately provide opportunities for her brothers and sisters and my grandmother. Mm. But at five or six years old, none of them really made sense to me. Mm. And so there was a, a, a sort of piece of me that I just became quiet and I didn't know how to really express myself. I felt different mm. growing up. My brother who was older, adapted a little bit better. He was already 11 or 12 years old. Mm. I knew a lot more of the history, but I wasn't told anything. Like I didn't understand where my biological father was why we left Honduras in such a rush, mm. why we didn't get went back for another seven or eight years. Mm. There was so much that I didn't understand. And so I think that there was this childlike mourning that happens from that old life because I didn't see my grandparents for mm. over five or six years. Okay. And learned how to relate to my mother in a resentful, you know, as a resentful as, as the foundation, if you will. And so, you know, growing up that really hindered my ability to share my story, to ask questions. Um, my mother did marry a wonderful man who raised me and adopted me. And I grew up believing he was my biological father. I didn't know any different. And, he and I resonated really well. And I think it's because he reminded me a lot of my grandpa. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was the one that would rock me in the rocking chair when I was a little baby in Honduras and, you know, would take me on walks, hand by hand. And those are memories that I still, as I talk about it, I can feel like the pebbles of the stones under my feet right now as I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. I immediately go back to that space and that time and that energy that was there that I so resonated with, but it didn't resonate with my mother. It didn't resonate with my brother. They just wanted to move on and mm-hmm. had embraced a new existence and sort of like forget. And so my grandfather uh, unfortunately passed away years later. Um, and, you know, he's the person that now is with me. And I feel his, his presence just reminding me of that beautiful, powerful time where we connected my father, who raised me, my dad, Angel, well, you know, passed away uh, when I was about 15. Mm. I married young, again, looking for an identity, right? Because I felt like with my mother, I didn't, there was a sense of non-belonging. There was a sense of, what am I searching for? I'm not feeling like this is family. And so I married very young. I was 17, 18 years old, and I became a young mom soon after that. 
for 18 or 19. Um, and again, looking for this identity, right? This really, this something to relate to so that I can know who I am. Mm. And <laughs> that was pretty, you know, powerful. Now that I look back at that, I'm like, wow. But I also trust that all of that has unfolded mm. because I am now going back and going back to a circle and remembering and honoring the lineage of my mother, my grandmother, even my great-grandmother, but I've never met, but I feel that she's still with me. And so it's almost like mm. my ancestors were walking me through this path that I needed to endure, that I was meant to go through so that I can come back here and go come back full circle to honor them. Mm. And had I not gone through those things, you know, gone through the disconnection and getting married young and having my own family young and going through everything that finally awakens me, Mm -hmm. to really come back and remember who I am, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think it's so beautiful. Um, I get to really honor my mother for every single thing and every decision and every choice that she made, even though at the time, oh, I'm going to up. Even though at the time it felt hurtful, right? I felt like I wasn't seen mm -hmm. who I was valued because I was different or it felt mm -hmm. You know, it, I, my family felt outside of me. Yes. And it's because my soul was searching for something for me to remember. My soul wanted me to remember. But yes. everything around me wanted me to forget. Right. Okay, so Carla... Uh, <laughs> So everybody now listening realizes why I let Carla just sort of start because she everything she has to say is so powerful. There's not a single word that doesn't pack a punch in the best way. So in listening and absorbing what you just said, I heard you tell a story that sort of is analogous to a wheel. It started with, you know, early on in your life from Honduras and then this movement away from your roots, away from your, your home to New York City and the splitting within you and around you between you and your mother that came and then you walked it all the way back just now to saying, I can respect my mother for every single choice she made. So to the listeners out there and to me right now, there is a resounding wow, this woman has found so much clarity and has transformed resentment into deep gratitude and trust. How does that happen? How does it happen? And I know the Embrace Your Essence listeners, you're here looking for self-healing to find that clarity within you. And it comes differently for each person. But Carla, I would love for you to expound on one thing that you said in here. I've asked you at an earlier point, what have been the barriers to your healing? And in that, you said fear of judgment. And I also heard some of that coming out when you were talking about the resentment with your mother. So as far as what keeps people from being able to transform resentment into something more useful to them, can you talk a little bit about what that felt like for you, what some of that heaviness was, and then were there any turning points or aha moments for you? Or maybe it was something more gradual. Sure. The fear of judgment, I mean, especially growing up in, in a Latin community where you're not allowed to speak about what was happening behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everything, corporal punishment, ex, you know, existed as just an easy way to just discipline very quickly and to instill fear in your children to not 
elaborate and tell stories. So I basically was told to not be a storyteller, which is what I am today, you know, um, and was punished because of it. And so the, there was a cycle of me wanting to tell my story or speak up and stand up for myself and then being met with discipline and resistance because I was not allowed to do that. And so that heaviness began to forced me to question myself, you know, like, why am I the one that's different? Why am I the one that's being ostracized? And, you know, my own mother wouldn't speak to me for months on end because, you know, that just became easier than accepting that I wanted to walk a different path. Mm. And in the beginning of the early, you know, 20s, it became something that I just accepted and it built up a lot of anger because I wasn't allowed to be myself. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I had moved on out of my home and I was with my husband, who I'm still happily married with today, and we have our children. And so I focused on being a mother. Mm-hmm. And I just shoved everything down. Okay. And I just didn't want to look at it. And I just focused on my children and my marriage. And when you begin to you know, look for external resources for validation, as you know, that, you know, will run out and run its course. And then you're left back to like, what is this mess that I'm feeling? And there were moments in my life where I thought, well, I should be grateful. I, I have my health. I have a marriage. I have a great husband. I have two great kids. I have means to, to pay the rent and the bills and so forth and so on. What is it that I'm searching for that I, this nudging feeling? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until... I started to really journal about gratitude due to some incidences with my older daughter. And it started to shake up the identity that I latched on, which is to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And so the repercussions of going through the difficulties of a child who has emotional, mental illness, who later developed an addiction right, to alcohol and different behavioral issues and going to therapists and things like that, that started to rattle the very identity that I first embraced Mm -hmm. at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I fought that identity. I wanted to hold on to that identity for so many years because that's how I knew myself. I was an awesome mom. I was a great mom, great wife. I was, and the daughter part didn't matter anymore because I was angry. So Mm -hmm. I didn't care if I was a good daughter, you know? And when that started to shake up my foundation of my identity, that's when I pulled back and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) This is something that's bigger than me. Mm -hmm. I'm being called and being asked to look at who I truly am outside of my children, outside of my husband, outside of my mom, but who am I in that lineage? And it took me a lot of digging deep, you know, really embodying gratitude and really connecting to that time and space of that little girl Mm. and giving her some love and letting her know that it's okay. She was okay to be who she was. And I had to, through meditation and through guidance and through journaling and really embodying gratitude, but to thank her for having the resiliency in her spirit to always question Mm. and to always want to seek. And so I've learned that I'm a seeker. I'm seeking my own wisdom. And that when I started to really look at that, that became my doorway. Mm -hmm. That began to lift the heaviness 
And I started to see, or I started to notice that when I would have interactions with my mother or, you know, with my daughter, I felt a sense of peace. Mm. And I thought to myself, well, I don't feel anger in my heart. I don't feel this heaviness in my heart. I feel at peace and I would cry mm-hmm. because I felt oh my goodness, this is actually leaving my heart space. Yes. And it feels good to know that the work that I'm doing, the journaling, the the really embodying gratitude, really looking into who I am and accepting everything that came up from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a big piece, at least for me, is acceptance. Mm -hmm. Acceptance of who I am and then allowing myself to see myself in my mother's eyes. Amazing. And knowing that she made those decisions to give me a better life, I mean, she sacrificed a lot. Mm. And so did my grandmother. And so when I look now at where I am and I honor both of these women and I give them gratitude and, and I understand and give gratitude to myself at that age for wanting to you know, no more, right? To want to heal from inside because anger is heavy. Mm. Resentment is heavy. The, uh, yes. Yeah, everything you just said um, resonates with me. And, and this is it. why I know you are, are a powerful teacher and healer for people is because even just talking about your own story, I can find um, my own story in it. I can hear myself in you. So in that, there's solace to be found. But one of the things you said you reached a point where in the midst of having all the things that societally we are encouraged to want and to work towards, the family, the relationship, the jobs, security, basically, you have that. And in the midst of that, you're saying, what what am I still missing? And I love that without saying it, in that moment, you, you are missing you. You are looking for yourself. And this is such a critical moment and opportunity for all of you seeker seekers out there so much of our suffering the confusion that we feel the unwavering unshakable sense of being incomplete that might make you feel guilty or might make you feel like you're constantly just not grateful enough it's something even deeper it's your soul as carla said wanting you to go find it to speak to it and to connect to it and I love that you said you went to go connect with that younger you you went back to your roots and so much of what I talk about is connecting with your roots remember where you come from it's in the lineage and it's also in your own story as that young girl who felt displaced felt outside of herself in your words feeling like you didn't even belong in your own family there was a disconnect between you and your first source of life which was your mother coming home to her and reminding her that she's safe that she's okay that's what calms that internal sea of confusion and i'm so glad that you just spoke directly and so eloquently to all of it because that's the message that people today need to remember and need to hear that it's actually not about the next promotion, the next degree, the perfect anything is going inward. And um, Carla, I'm sure you have found in your work with clients and as a mother that sometimes that's the harder thing to help people switch their perception around. Maybe it's not so much doing and building and accumulating more so 
accepting who you are at baseline. So I would love to hear Carla, because I think that this is, um, I'm just hearing so clearly, this is who you are. This is what you're meant to be, right? Is this speaker of what it means to come home to yourself. So I know that you have ways in which you support people in doing exactly this, finding their personal medicine. Can you talk a little bit about how your work has evolved from the share your voice movement to what you're now currently offering to people? Sure. It's been quite a journey. I think that as a, a healing mentor, a storyteller, a medicine woman, it's been truly powerful to have and feel and embody and connect that self-acceptance. And what I want to just expand on very um, quickly here is when we feel a a sense of self-acceptance, it's because we're not reaching for something that's outside of us. Mm. We're not reaching for some goal or some state of being or some sense of a higher self that's outside of us. Self-acceptance and embodying who you are, giving yourself permission right here and right now to fully dig in, drop into your heart space, drop into your body, drop into your spirit, drop into your energy where you are now. There's so much power behind self-acceptance. I cannot tell you how that shift of searching for something, some sort of validation in order for me to know who I am, right? That's such an oxymoron. We search outside of ourselves for our soul identity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when we don't find it, or we get angry because we're not receiving the validation from these external resources, we question ourselves why, Mm -hmm. right? And it's because no one can tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. It is already within us, right? It's there, but it's remembering. It's remembering. There's yes. no discovering this new version of yourself. Yes. It's always been there. It will always be there. Yes. Our job is unpack it and unfold it and remember. And what we remember, we accept. And then we give ourselves some self-love. And so one of the things that was really pivotal was me beginning to you know, tell my story to create the Share Your Voice movement. And in doing that, that helps me to see how empowering and inspiring it was to just hold space for other women in community to tell the stories that are hard to share sometimes. Mm. And that has brought me so much joy that I created several workshops here in New York and you know, it will continue to work on that movement. And through that and through working through remembering who I am, brought me to the shaman's path and so doing energy work and working with women to connect to their story to witness their story to ask who you are at that time in different periods of time in your story Hmm. allowing yourself to be guided right I think that for me that was one of the pieces where I didn't realize my grandfather was coming through and now my great-grandmother who I never met in the physical world Mm -hmm. but is very much a part of guiding me now in terms of how I serve and then realizing that the story is just that it's a story right you are life itself Mm -hmm. and when we get to be the bridge of self-acceptance, self-love, and we see ourselves in the eyes of others, we're looking back at ourselves, which means that we're the same, we're one, Mm -hmm. we're all connected, right? 
And so walking and guiding the woman through that process and, you know, as you begin to unfold and remember your soul medicine, the medicine that has always been within you, that inner wisdom just rises up to the surface. Mm. And it's, it's our work to just simply accept it and embrace it. And it, be, it becomes so easy and it becomes like a weight and lifting off your shoulders. Mm. Um, I have never felt so connected to who I am as a healer, as a woman, as a being in, in the light of my lineage, I am so honored to be an immigrant from her nurse. I'm so honored that I was raised by my grandparents mm. in my early years. I'm so grateful that I was able to experience what grounding felt like in those years. Mm. And now I can go back to that. And I understand now that in the connection between all of that and I think that for me, my work has become so profound where when I meet clients one-on-one in person or in the program that I'm launching, it's going through that deep work. I mean, what I do is deep work. Mm-hmm. It's deep work where we're connecting to your medicine. Mm-hmm. And we all have it within us. It's just, you know, working through it and understanding that it's a journey of remembrance. So I think for people who have been searching for the opportunity to do the deep work and to find that newness that comes with remembering what's always been there, ironically, you've probably felt like it's a big undertaking. You're not quite sure where to start. And although it probably feels important, almost essential, the guidance that goes along with that is also essential. So you're probably hearing loud and clear that Carla is that mentor for you. So this program that she's now launching, Soul Medicine, it's an opportunity for you to work directly with Carla to learn through her story how you can embrace yours too. And Soul Medicine, if we break that down, what Carla's been talking about is that you are your own medicine. You, the understanding of you, the acceptance of you, when you become aware of yourself, you know how to help yourself. You know how to grow in a way that's meaningful and authentic. And Carla can take you there. So Carla, um, between the Soul Medicine program that you have launching and your Grateful Heart Shop, is there anything that you would like for this group of followers to hear um, if they are searching for personal guidance from you or if they are finding looking for another way to get their hands on some of your magic through your Grateful Heart Shop? What do they need to know and how can they do it? Okay, uh, you can uh, find me on social media and Instagram under Carla Jalissa underscore co. And uh, my website is carlajalissa.com. And what I want to just end with this is that it took me a long time to embrace my name. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time because being adopted and the last, you know, my last name was changed several times and then I got married and then my last name changed again. And so Carla Jalissa was the name that was given to me by a combination of my mother and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And when I finally reached that point in my life where I knew the direction, I just felt the pull. I wasn't questioning. I was accepting. It helped me to embrace the very thing that we sometimes you know, don't want to abide by our name, our given name. We're given our name, right? And I think that for me, owning and embracing my heritage and my 
lineage from being from Central America was a, a turning point for me to embrace my identity mm. and the fact that I get to create what that means, right? I get to define what Carla Jalissa is. Not my mother, not my grandmother. They have given me the name, but I get to define what that means. And I think that that's the thing that I'm most honored to do, that I get to define that in this lifetime, mm -hmm. what my name means. And, and so for the listeners, what I would encourage you to do is, you know, it's, take some moments of time throughout the day and just, you know, who am I in this moment, right? And pause and who am I in this moment? And I think that when we begin to ask ourselves the bigger questions, we begin to walk that greater journey. Mm -hmm. that's the, the journey of accomplishing material things outside of ourselves the degrees the home the material things that can be self-fulfilling to a certain point that's the lesser journey the greater journey begins with asking these questions these important empowering questions and when you start to walk on that greater journey you realize that you're not alone and you can then begin to, you know, connect intuitively to your medicine and your lineage. So I'm so honored to be able to share my medicine with you because my medicine, my soul medicine is your soul medicine. I mean, we need each other, mm. right? That's where, that's, we're here to, to elevate and to come together and lift each other in community. So mm. I'm just honored to share my medicine with you and I'm so grateful. So thank you. Oh, wow. So you can all see why she was um, a necessary guest on Embrace Your Essence podcast. Embrace Your Essence, that term, it, sometimes it takes people a long time to wrap their head around. What am I actually saying? And why did you call your work Embrace Your Essence? It's literally the words Carla just spoke. Embracing your identity. Embracing you, the real you, the deep you. And I love that you mentioned the struggle or the journey with your name. That is something that I personally have moved through myself, as you know. And it is so, the things that can be the most confusing to us turn out to be the thing most inspiring about us and within us. And often yes. it's tied to our heritage. I'm so glad you said that. Honestly, I wish we could create a part two, three, and four of this because Carla has so much more amazing stuff to say, but um, I will be adding the links to Carla's Instagram and her website where you can find more information about her offerings as well as her Grateful Heart Shop where she creates self-care products by hand for a variety of uh, occasions. So I will be dropping the links there. Uh, in the notes for this podcast episode, please connect with Carla and share your medicine with her. Carla, thank you so much for being here today. You inspired me and I cannot even wait for all of the people listening to Embrace Your Essence to get their hands on this episode. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so, so much. And the work that you do is so needed in this world. And thank you for stepping into your power and creating this platform so that, you know, people understand how your audience, just everyone in general, our healing journeys are so different and that's okay and it's unique and it's embracing, you know, what's in you and embracing your essence. So this is, thank you so, so much. I am so, so grateful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Carla. All right, we will be back on here for our third episode of the September series, Healing From Within. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. <laughs>